Thanks for listening to the PocketPod series. If you like what you hear, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe so you get all the new episodes as they drop. If there's a certain topic that you'd like us to cover, let us know in the comments section. Hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome to episode 13 of the PocketPod series. For those of you who have been listening along, and for those of you who are new, we make pocket-sized episodes that fit seamlessly into your everyday busy lives. And this is one of those episodes that really shows why I started this series and how we can talk about relevant information. Uh, So I'm going to introduce my sister, Rachel, who's going to introduce what the topic is that we're talking about today in today's episode. All right. So today we're talking about the Surgeon General who issued a new advisory on social media use and uh, mental health for young people. So we'll be talking about Dr. Vivek Murthy, who urged his action to ensure social media environments are healthy and safe as the national uh, youth mental health crisis continues. Uh, What we've seen is for social media use is that up to 95% for ages of 13 to 17 and more than a third are saying that they use social media. So it's used, obviously it's used a lot. We use it a lot. We see other people using it a lot. It's a big part of our lives today. Uh, so we're gonna talk a little bit more about that. Yeah, mental health and social media use are clearly linked together. It's something that I hear people talking about constantly. Majority of people that I work with, I feel like either have young kids or older kids. And I kind of hear them talking about how much they're using social media in their lives and how they see their kids sort of, if not their kids directly, maybe they talk about their friends struggling with mental health. And a little bit about who Dr. Vivek Murthy is. He's the 21st Surgeon General of the United States. Uh, he was confirmed by the U.S. Senate back in March 2021. He was also the U.S. Surgeon General under Barack Obama when he was president. And before he came out with this practice advisory, he had previously put out advisories that had focused on mental health, especially amongst the youth. And his most recent one was about the epidemic of loneliness and isolation after the pandemic and in the age of technology and the internet. So as a Surgeon General, he helps lay the foundation for a healthier country, and he really relies on the best scientific information and research and data that's available to provide citizens of our country clear, consistent, and equitable guidance and resources so that they can make the best decisions for themselves and their families going forward. In this advisory, he calls for urgent actions by policymakers, technology companies, researchers, families, and young people to gain a better understanding of what the full impact of social media use is and how we can maximize the benefits and also minimize the harms of social media platforms while also creating a safer, healthier, and online environment to protect our children. Have you heard of the term iPad kids that's been thrown around? Does that refer to the generation after Gen Z? No, I think it's, it is Gen Z and the generation after um, just obviously way younger than me, but I remember I was out to dinner with my friends. This was the first time I've like really experienced it. And it was, there was this family sitting around and their children were getting a little rowdy. So they just took iPads out of their purses and put it in front of their kids. And then they just like, they were so quiet and just focused on whatever they were playing or watching. It's so funny. So that's a new I term. I have seen that. I have seen that at restaurants. It's funny you talk about that because actually this past Sunday, Lillian and I went to a brewery called Tilted Barn in Exeter, Rhode Island. It's not too far from here, um, but it had it was basically a farm and you could bring your own seating, bring your own blankets. But I would say majority of the people who were at this brewery were like families. So there was like tons of kids outside and there was not a single iPad out. There was, I feel like for the first time I saw like 
a mom and a son playing catch with like a baseball glove and a baseball. I saw kids playing like with a Nerf football. I saw like these young kids playing around a puddle. It, it literally felt like kids from the 90s just like playing outside. But it was like a yeah. very cool thing to experience. Yeah. Let's continue on with the Surgeon General. So I have a quote from him here. He says, the most common question that parents ask me is, is social media safe for my kids? And the answer is that we don't have enough evidence to say it's safe. And in fact, there is growing evidence that social media use is associated with harm to young people's mental health. He uh, then goes on to say that there's some um, exposure to harmful content on social media, which can range from violent and sexual content to bullying and harassment. Um, I know we've heard a lot about cyberbullying as well. Uh, so he also continues and says, for too many children, social media is compromising their sleep schedule as well and their valuable in-person time with family members and friends. So uh, he advises that we're in a national youth mental health crisis, and he's concerned that social media is affecting that and a driver of that crisis. And uh, this is a matter that we must address. Uh, so some of the harms of social media that come up are that there's a lot of different types of content that people are consuming or exposed to that may not be age appropriate. Uh, it also disrupts sleep and physical activity. And some children are affected by social media in different ways based on cultural, historical, and socioeconomic factors, which I believe more research still needs to be done on exactly what that looks like, uh, but more research is being done. Right it's now. funny when you when you talk about, when I hear that quote and I hear like sort of cyberbullying and also this lack of physical activity and sleep because of it, it sort of brings me back to like my middle school days and maybe even a little bit of high school when I was playing Call of Duty online. And that was sort mm -hmm. of like the birth of like internet anonymity almost. It was that like literally the time where I would need a, I want to say it was like a 50 foot long ethernet cord that I would plug into my Xbox and basically find like the telephone jack in our basement. And we were able to literally play online games with anyone in the country or the world pretty much. And you could hide behind what your username was. Nobody really knew who these people were you were playing with. And there was some cursing and bullying and, you know, misbehaving going on online that seemed pretty benign mm -hmm. at the time. But it's almost like this is like snowballed out of effect and social media has taken it to like the extreme. Well, I think a lot more people are have like have access to it now, especially with all the devices that we have. Um, I was listening to an interview recently that kind of mentioned how policing on the internet has changed for hopefully for the better, but it's still not up to this like the standard that it should be. Um, it was about Madison Beer. Uh, she's a pop singer, and I think around twenty twelve or something around that time, she had had um, photos of herself leaked, like nude photos of herself leaked on the internet and she was 15 at the time so she was a minor and these photos were all over and instead of um kind of I guess the internet I mean there's a lot of people who, who post and like take care of things on their social media and stuff but um like it wasn't getting taken down and no one was taking care of it and these pictures kept spreading and more people had access to it and it was traumatizing for her so she ended up putting all of her money towards getting rid of these pictures so that they can never be seen again and it ended up becoming her responsibility um, but she mentioned how if this were to happen now 
those pictures probably would only see the light of day for two seconds or not at all even just with um, all the policies that are going on and things getting taken down immediately if they're not appropriate which I know doesn't it's not always consistent with things getting taken down if they're inappropriate but I know that there is some effort being made towards controlling what's out, the content that's out there and uh, protecting people's privacy but it was really interesting to hear from her perspective how she went through that and almost had to go through it on her own and without the support of maybe like Twitter, Instagram or whatever, um, taking down those photos. Yeah, that's really sad. And unfortunately, I feel like that's not an uncommon story to hear that people have leaked photos of themselves, especially mm-hmm. in like the high school age with my wife being like a high school teacher, I kind of hear about sort of the drama that comes with social media use and how quickly pictures and information can get passed along either on Snapchat or Instagram. And before you know it, Mm -hmm. a large majority of even kids outside of your high school can find out information about you without even knowing who you are as a person. Yeah, exactly. I mean, those photos were from Snapchat. I mean, she talked about how I guess there was another app called SnapSave. You know, you think Snapchat, you send a picture and then it goes away after a few seconds. But I guess there was another app that would save these pictures. And that's how this person had gotten access to them. And it just went out, got out of control. Well, while majority of this conversation is going to be about the sort of negative side of social media and what we can do to make it a better place, I'm going to just quickly talk about a survey where kids or adolescents talk about some of the benefits of social media. And I kind of find myself in this position too, because ever since I've started an educational or medical educational account on social media, I've certainly have been using social media more frequently. And I sort of struggle with not necessarily the, my own mental health, but knowing that people who like use social media frequently and let it take over their lives, how it can negatively impact their lives, but there are also benefits to it. So there's sort of four benefits that this survey pointed out. Um, one was that kids feel more accepted online. 58% of kids agreed with that statement. Kids also say they have people who support them through tough times. That was 67% of respondents to the survey. of kids said they have a place to show their creative side, which I feel like I definitely fall into that category. Um, And 80% of kids said they feel more connected to what's going on in their friend's life. And I feel like I'm sort of of the generation where that's what a lot of us are using social media for. I see a lot of people post either weddings, going to concerts, um, their kids, and you kind of use Instagram and maybe even a little bit of Facebook as a way to keep up with what's going on in your friends and family's lives. But now I'm going to talk sort of about how social media is linked to mental health a little bit. So the same survey showed that kids who spent more than three hours a day on social media face double the risk of experiencing poor mental health outcomes. And that was defined as depression and or anxiety. The sad part is in 2021, this survey found that teenagers on average spend about three and a half hours per day on social media. So that's leaving majority of kids basically at risk for developing depression and anxiety at some point in their life. The reasons why this can happen is because social media perpetuates body dysfunction, disorders and eating behaviors, social comparisons and low self-esteem. And this is very much especially common amongst adolescent girls. Uh, 46% of kids aged between 13 and 17 say that social media makes them feel worse about their body image. 40% said that it makes them feel neither worse nor better and only 14% said it makes them feel better. And at least I feel like I've seen 
a lot of these like apps that allow people to sort of change the way their body looks on social media or nowadays you can basically take as many pictures of you want of yourself and pick the one that looks the best. And when you think about it, when you see someone on social media, you're really only seeing whatever they want you to see, which is probably their best side. Yeah, I, three and a half hours on average per day seems low to me, which is like, I mean, it is a big number, but maybe I'm, com so I'm on summer break right now and I'm on my phone a lot more, but when I was going to school, I was on it less. So I guess it makes sense that the average is 3.5, but like with kids going on summer break, they're on their phones all the time. So I can imagine that those numbers kind of spike during a certain period of time and then lower while they're in school doing other things. Yeah, I definitely think during the school year, it's probably lower because I hear Lillian talk about all the time how when she's really trying to get a point across, there's always like three or four kids in her class that just don't put their phone down. And she's yeah. I've, I've heard her make policies before where she'll have a brown paper bag and kids who know that they struggle to put their phone down can put their phones in the brown paper bag and basically get it at a later time. She's also had to mm -hmm. reach out to parents and have them help her and basically say like, you know, there's appropriate times when you can use your cell phone and inappropriate times. And it seems like you're using your cell phone all the time, which means there's probably inappropriate times that you're using it. Um, so it's, I think it's hard I'm, for teachers. Yeah, I think it's also just a huge culture shift, too, because we're telling kids like you need to use the Internet to do your work or like you need to go on Zoom or whatever, but you can't use your phone for this specific thing, but you can use it for this specific thing. So I think it's a lot for people to kind of get a hold of and figure out what's okay and what's not okay and kind of refiguring out what's appropriate. Mm -hmm. um, but we still need more research to be done, of course, as with everything, to determine the full impact that social media has. And unfortunately, kids don't have the luxury of waiting years to find out what the results are. So we have some recommendations from the Surgeon General. Uh, he calls upon policymakers to strengthen safety standards and limit access in ways that make social media safer for children of all ages. So this would include protecting privacy, supporting digital and media literacy, and funding additional research. He also calls upon technology companies uh, to be transparent about their impact on kids and share data with independent researchers to help the understanding of the impacts that social media has. Um, and with this, they can create design and developmental decisions that prioritize safety and health, which in obviously includes privacy and improve a timely response to complaints that users may have. In terms of parents and caregivers, you can try to make plans uh, in your household on establishing technology-free zones that foster in-person relationships, teach kids about uh, responsible online behavior, and model that behavior and report any problematic content and activity that your child may be seeing. For children, uh, you can try to adopt healthy practices like limiting time on platforms, blocking anything that you don't want to see, and being careful about sharing your personal information. Um, another important uh, thing to keep in mind is you can reach out if your friend is being harassed or abused on any platform. Um, in terms of limiting your time on platforms, I know there are, there are ways to decrease your screen time on your phone there's a setting you can use that will just shut the app down after a certain after you reach a certain number of minutes of being on that app which could be helpful 
for researchers, we want them to further prioritize social media and youth mental health research so that they can support the establishment of standards and the evaluation of best practices to support children's health. Um, so the main points really are to focus more on the mental health of young people in society, uh, while also kind of figuring out what social media has to do about that. And I feel like this can seem like just like every other problem that's going on in the world, like an overwhelming thing that we have no control over. And it's up to others to basically figure out for us. But I feel like maybe the most tangible changes we can make are with parents and caregivers and people who interact with children on a regular basis. And understanding that raising children in this time of age is going to involve having these conversations with your kids about healthy ways to use the internet, what to look out for, what to expect. And the more we can have open and honest conversations with our kids, the more we can ultimately protect them from what's out there. Because whether we like it or not, there's a lot of hate speech out there that even us as adults are exposed to on the internet. And there's really no way to avoid it. But if we can at least educate our kids in how to uh, see it coming or at least reach out for help when they do see it, I think that's going to protect them in the long run and hopefully be create a healthier environment for their mental health as they grow and develop, especially in this age frame of adolescence between the ages of like 13 and 17 years old, where their brain development is so plastic and it's so rapidly changing that we need to really take care of them in this time frame. Yeah, I know. And I mean, parenting is really hard and we're not parents, but as a child, I think that if I was able to have open conversations with my parents, that would be very helpful or it would have been very helpful when I was younger. Um, I know there's also generational gaps between parents and their children. And a lot of times kids aren't really willing to listen to what their parents have to say because they're just in that time period where they don't they don't want to listen, which is like, it's normal. It's part of growing up. So by having an open conversation, conversation, that also means allowing them to say what's on their mind and allowing them to express what they're seeing and how they're using their social media. Totally fair point. All right. Well, what did you take away from this episode, Rach? Um, times are ever changing. And just from hearing your stories of when you were younger, it's I didn't expect it to be that different from when I was younger, but it is. And now it's even different for kids who are even a couple years younger than me. So I think it's, although it's hard to keep up with the time changes and everything that's going on, it is still important to continue with our research and try to incorporate as many voices as possible with these topics. Um, instead of just focusing on one viewpoint, focus on multiple viewpoints. Yeah, and I think really, Again, having these open conversations with children, bringing more awareness to families and saying it's okay to have these conversations about the internet. I, I don't think it's great to like shame parents and like using iPads or like integrating technology into their everyday lives with their kids. I think it's almost inevitable. I think there's great ways that you can use technology in kids' lives. But if you're going to go down that path, and I think you have to be open and honest with sort of some of the dangers and some of the uh, the risks of doing that in their lives. So more awareness, more research, I think will hopefully steer our country in a better direction and really change the mental health for our youth for the better. 
That sounds like a great plan. <laughs> <laughs> In theory, even though none of us have, neither of us have kids, and <laughs> we're probably still a little bit ways away from that time point. But I'm going to keep it in the back of my mind as I go through life. And you I go for they're... it. I'll be the cool aunt. I'll be the cool aunt that gives them the iPad, gives them a little extra screen time. <laughs> I had no doubt you would be. Well, thanks for, thanks for listening, everybody. I hope you took away something from this episode. Like I said, these are some of my favorite episodes where we get to talk about relevant information, especially in medicine that's going on. If you like the episode, don't forget to rate, review it, and subscribe it. And tell a friend who you think is a parent going through something like this or who you think would find this information relevant. And tune in for the next episode. Well, I'll see you next time. See you next time. <laughs>